I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. You could have two polar opposites like you had in tonight's Knicks Knicks game. I mean, like, I it was it was on its way to by far the worst loss of the season. And it ended up being by far the best win of the season. You know, in terms of excitement and resiliency. That was just some remarkable shit. I mean, what they did, man, it was, it was something that I, I, I still have a tough time getting my head around, but at the same time, this is who they are. This is Tom Thibodeau's Knicks and cliche alert. They are going to fight. They're going to scratch and claw. They're not going to go down easy. They are gritty. They are gutsy. They have so much heart. This is who they are. And tonight, because of all those characteristics they possess, tonight they end up coming back and finding a way from out of the mud to win this ballgame. Unbelievable performance from the Nick youth tonight, from the Nick veterans tonight. Minus for Peyton. Unbelievable performance by Tom Thibodeau's squad. And we are going to get to that. First, I'd like to welcome everybody to the podcast. This is episode 224 of the podcast of BD4. I am your host, RJ Carbone. Thank you for stopping by. If you're new here, welcome. Welcome to BD4. This is, well, it's my podcast. It's where I host a podcast where I talk Yankees and Knicks. And in this episode, we're going to talk some Knicks because that was awesome. Uh, I hope everybody's doing well. Hope we're all still staying healthy out there and staying safe. Crazy times right now, but, you know, uh, good things are coming. Good things are coming. So, I, um... I, I don't know what to say, man. I, I, you know, I wrote down some notes, of course, but like that was just so fun. I'm gonna, you know, what I do, just like I do with the Yankees. Every time my team wins, like a big, exciting game, I always do the same thing before going to bed. I go to sleep watching the highlight. I go to sleep with like ESPN on or NBA Network or MLB Network, you know, whatever the sport and. I'll just fall asleep when they're talking about the highlights and they bring up the Knicks or the Yankees and they're talking about the team and it makes me feel good. Or I'll go on YouTube and I'll watch the highlights again of the game there. and Or I'll put the, the, the MSG recap on for the Knicks. That's, and I love doing that. I do that all the time whenever they pick up a good win. But whenever they lose, 
whenever they find a way to lose or have some kind of game where it's forgettable, uh-uh, I'll put friends on. I'll put Nickelodeon on and friends will be on. I will not do anything about sports for the rest of the night. And I don't want to think about the Knicks until they start playing their next game. <laughs> but tonight's one of those games. Tonight was one of those games. And by tonight, I mean... Uh, March 25th on a Thursday night. Of course, as you are listening to this, it is a Friday, March 26th. But tonight's game is one of those games that's going to have me going nuts and watching these highlights over and over again. Just awesome. Just fucking awesome. Um, you know, it's funny because it was, it was a couple after a couple hours after the deadline, right? The trade deadline was today, 3 PM. All the talks of, you know, all these names we've heard in these headlines and these rumors, you know, the media loves to have this frenzy. There was a fucking um. So obviously we know the drum, the Drummond rumors are still, you know the Knicks are still exploring the buyout market and hopefully they don't do something stupid for Drummond and just get another big to clog the paint because that's not what they need. That's not a necessity. Uh, Mitch has been great. Noel has been great. Taj was fantastic tonight. The last thing you need is is to add in a fourth big and to completely mess with the chemistry, you know, to relegate Mitch to the bench after really thriving in his starting role and to push Noel further back, who's had a great year as a stopgap backup. So, uh, no. But I want to bring that up because Noel, uh, Drummond was in rumors. And, and speaking of just the media and everything, and you all know how I cannot stand media. There's a fucking, and it gets so crazy around times like the deadline and shit. It just so, it, it's so bananas. It, it's so hilarious. It's side splitting. It's, it's like, it's become such a joke because there's an article. It was a Bleacher Report article. And then it was some other, I don't know, some other, um, publish, publishing company, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Bleacher Report says the Knicks are seriously considering bringing in Andre Drummond. And then like an hour later, an hour apart, another article, some other publisher puts out an article. The Knicks don't see Drummond as fit. It's like, see, that's why I'd never take these rumors seriously. That's why a lot of the times I don't even want to bother entertaining some of these rumors, but it's, it's so insane and I'm so happy. So if there's one thing I can be happy about when it comes to this deadline, it's that all that bullshit is gone and it's over. We don't have to hear that those these these click me clickbait rumors. Um, but the Knicks were quiet today at the deadline, and it's funny because I was ranting about this for the first half of tonight's game. I was like, "Oh, the Knicks are shooting five percent from three. If only they had a, if they only went out and got a wing at the deadline." <laughs> um, but they didn't. They ended up, you know, making one small minor move. Um, you know, a move that everybody saw is kind of the worst kept secret in the organization. Uh, moving Austin Rivers out of town. Uh, they, they moved him to OKC, poor bastard. But uh, And they also sent Iggy with him, which is unfortunate because I was hoping Iggy would get a shot. You know, a lot of people were thinking he'd maybe be a potential second round steal in that draft a couple years ago. Um, 
never really got time. Never got a shot. The only time he got a shot was in garbage time and he didn't look great. But I was hoping we could at least, if we were going to deal him, do it in, in, in something that would have gotten us something decent. But instead, we deal those two guys for Terrence Ferguson, who's just, he's the, a struggling 3 and D athletic wing um, who's probably going to end up getting caught. And if he doesn't, he still might, he, he'll, he'll, he won't make, he won't crack the rotation. Just some random. Um, and then they got some other guy, Vincent Poirier, who I think they already cut or they're working on it. Um, he played with Frank on, on the French national team. So, yeah. <laughs> so they didn't get anything. It was just to move rivers. That was the deal. That's what it was about. But they didn't do anything outside of that. Nothing else. Um, and I must say, you know, despite the, the thrill of tonight's victory, how we came back with our shooting, I'm still a bit disappointed. Um, just knowing our financial advantages, you know, our cap space, the assets that we have, the draft capital that we have, you know, all that shit. We, we couldn't even get a decent, a decent shooting wing to help fill some voids here. Even a playmaker, you know, the Lonzo ball thing, it's fine. You know, it worked itself out. Nobody ended up trading for him. That was huge. You know, so now we can just still plan on going after him. We can still go after him in the summer for only giving up, for not giving up anything and just worry about paying him the 20 million. So that's fine. I was fine, you know, whatever. I, I would have liked to trade for him, but the fact that nobody else did and David Griffin hang, hung on to him, that's big. We still have um, a play there in the summer. But to not get a wing was kind of the biggest hit to me because I think Derek Rose, well, when he gets back, um, and I hope he's healthy. He is healthy. He's not got COVID anymore. He's on the bench, but hopefully he's, you know, it, it's messed with his um, conditioning. So hopefully he can get back soon. But I think the point guard situation for now, I, I think you have a decent stopgap in Rose and we'll get to him later in the point guard situation. But I would love, I would have loved for the Knicks to at least get a wing and they didn't, they ended up getting nobody, you know, JJ Reddick, Harrison Barnes, although that contract is pretty rough. Um, but, you know, there was Evan Fournier, there was Doug McDermott, there were other names out there, just wings, who could shoot the three and create and shoot off a of catch and shoot and shoot in DHOs and play some defense. There were a lot of decent options out there, a lot, if you looked at the market. Um, but they ended up not getting a single person, not getting a player that's going to help them shoot the three, and they're deciding to go in-house. You know, they're, they're deciding to play this whole, you know, playing with house money game that they've been doing so far, and they're going to roll with what they got. So I didn't love that, but again, this, this is what we have. We can't really dwell on it too much. It's not going to change anything, and this is what we have. If there's one thing I can ask of Tom Thibodeau from here on out, um, like I said, can we at least make some adjustments in this lineup? Can we at least give Obi Toppin's minutes to Kevin Knox? You know, uh, we know Obi Toppin is lost out there tonight. Zero points again. Um, you know, he's either just hiding in the corner shooting a three or he's getting the ball and handing it off to a guard right away. He's got no go-to move. He's, he's airballing the three-pointers he's taking. He's... We don't run him in pick and rolls. We don't cut him enough. Uh, he's got no post-up game. He's getting these big mismatches where he's got guards on him, but he's still he's struggling to back them down the post. 
throw him down. A, he needs like a nice dunk to get him going, but it's just not been happening this year. He's been completely useless. It's unfortunate because it would have been nice to have someone like Obi been somewhat productive to take the burden off of Randall, who hopefully he's okay. He got a little bit hurt tonight. Um, got to hear more on that. But if there's one thing I ask is that we can at least give Kevin Knox those 10 to 14 minutes a night that Obi's getting right now. Because if, if you're going to just stick him in the quarter, you may, well, you may as well do it with Kevin Knox, who was 40% from three, uh, who has been 40% from three this year. Um, and then, yeah, start Rose, have IQ come off the bench. Um, there you have it. But that's the one thing I really ask. If we're not going to make any big trades, do something like that. Um, but at least, you know, we also got some, some picks, um, in this deal today that we made. Uh, we got a second rounder from Philly and the Miami's 2024 second round pick. So I guess now we have four picks in this upcoming draft. We got our own pick, which, you know, probably not going to be too high up, but we've got our own. We've got Dallas's first round pick, which by the looks of it now, it's also not going to be too good. Um, it is a deep class, though. We've got Detroit second, and then we got Philly second now. So, and of course, don't expect the Knicks to use all these four. They're going to trade some of these picks, of course, um, between now and the draft. But that was it with the deadline. Just one small minor move, not just to get rid of Rivers. And you know, we weren't using him in the rotation. Iggy was with Westchester most most of the year. Most of his next tenure, he's been with Westchester. Um, so, that was it. I just hope you don't explore the buyout market and get Drummond. Um, if Oladipo can come for cheap, sure. Uh, I'm not the biggest on him. I'm not too high on him. But I like... I was I was just wishing for somebody, you know, for a wing. For a two-way wing. Um, maybe somebody. Somebody could have been out there we could have gotten. But hey... We're going to roll with what we got, and we're rolling with it despite this tough second-half schedule we've got coming up. We've got the Bucks kind of coming up on Saturday, which that's why tonight's win was so huge. Um, and I'm going to get to tonight's win. I, I do kind of want to recap the first game that we played against DC, so let's head to break. We'll briefly talk about the game on Tuesday night, but we'll get to the one everybody wants to um, discuss, which was the game went down, the game that went down on Thursday tonight. So be right back. Hey fellas, so really quick before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. So, Tuesday night, um, Knicks take down the Wizards in a blowout, right? This was one that was the complete opposite of what we saw tonight. Uh, the Knicks took the 131-113 to victory, led by as many as 31 points in the second half. Um, Julius Randle going on a tear, 37 points, 7 out of 10, 3-point shooting, a career high there. Um, R.J. Barrett, 21-5-5 five and five with two blocks. There was that one block on Westbrook where he kind of had a little flair to him after that, too. Um, 
just continuing to thrive on the drive and has become so strong as a finisher, man. He was great. Mitch was tremendous. 16-12, two assists, three blocks, 7-9 from the floor. Just wreaking havoc in the paint with his length, his hustle, his athleticism. Really big for them there. Uh, Burks and Bullocks were strong again. They combined for 30 on Tuesday night. Uh, the Nick offense, 53% on their triples. They had 30 attempts. They were 88% on their free throws, 24 attempts. And they were plus 5 on the offensive glass and a 23 versus 10 assist to turnover ratio. So a good all-around offensive performance there. And the defense, you know, they held Beal under his average. So he was just 22 points. They had Westbrook just 3 out of 14, um, doing what he usually does, padding the stats, but missing shots. Um, you know, the first quarter, the Knicks defense needed to tighten up a little. It wasn't that great. Uh, they were down 14 to 8 after just four minutes in. Um, but as soon as Alfred Payton went to the bench with two fouls, ironically enough, the Knicks picked it up and they went on a 31 to 17 run to close out the first. Um, RJ, most of that time spent running the offense as the playmaker, and he picked up all five of his assists in that first quarter. Second quarter comes, the Knicks defense picks it up while their offense remains hot. Um, you had Emmanuel quickly taken with Raul Nito. Um, downtown with that with that step back just crossing them up um and the knicks ended up leading 69 to 49 at halftime third quarter comes and that was when they pretty much put it to bed so we won't waste time um randall had that ridiculously hot stretch that carmelo anthony type of moment where he hits three consecutive three-pointers um just extremely hot um begun the third period with 21 points finished it with 37 then he started taking a couple of heat checks. He airballed that 1-3, and he didn't score in that fourth quarter. Um, and Thibodeau kept him out there. I don't know why, but he kept him out there the entire fourth. <laughs> and that pissed a lot of Knicks fans off. Uh, but that was it. The Knicks took a big victory. Um, I want to get to tonight. Um, but yeah, Randall here, as you, if you're watching the podcast, you see here on the bottom of the screen, Randall of the Knicks with 37 points. Mitch led with 12 rebounds. Yeah, in the assist category, you had R.J. Barrett leading the Knicks with five dimes, and then Peyton leading the Knicks in steals. Um, Peyton had three steals, and that was it. And, uh, of course, he had uh, Mitchell Robinson again leading the team in blocks with three. So that was it. So um, I want to get to the second game against the Wizards where they picked up the sweep because this game was something else, man. This game was fucking something else. The Knicks find a way to do it. They found a way. Um just a big game, you know, because instead of looking at this Bucks game as a potential game where we could be two games below 500 afterwards, we're now looking at it as worst case scenario, we finish this game at an even 500. That's huge. That's such a difference, you know. One of them could start a domino effect downfall. The other could still keep you alive. This is why this Wizards game was so huge. Both of these games, we needed to take both. Um, and we did. So... Didn't start that. It didn't start that promising though. Uh, the Knicks were just—I I can't even find the word to describe it. Deplorable. They were disgusting. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, we'll go with deplorable. They were that bad um, in the first half, and really for for most of the third quarter. Uh, first quarter begins just missing shots left and right, just giving up easy buckets in the paint, um, wide open three pointers, and we're just waiting for. 
one of Alec Burks or Emmanuel quickly to check into the game because they had no shooting and you needed one of their shooters on the, on the floor. So, you know, everybody else is struggling. I'm just waiting for Tibbs to make the move, but you had RJ Barrett two for 12 in that first half. Um, got blocked about fucking five times. At least, um, he was awful to start this one. Julius Randle wasn't hit and he was two out of nine in the first half. The Knicks were one for 14 from three point distance in the first half. Nobody going, just nobody doing anything. It was a Fizdale esque performance. Um, but the good thing is last year, that first half that we had last year, we somehow get worse in the second half. We don't bounce back. But this year, the Knicks are a different team. They are different. Um, although the third quarter was, again, more of the same. The Wizards kind of pushed that deficit to 17, which was the highest deficit of the night for the Knicks. Um, Randall goes to the bench later in the quarter after suffering an injury. He, you know, he, he, we saw him have that heating pad on his thigh later riding the bike. Um, but then I, I think the play, to me at least, that sparked this team was R.J. Barrett cleaning up the glass on Emmanuel Quickly's miss. Quickly takes that three, doesn't get it to go, but R.J. Barrett gets the rebound, puts it up, misses it, but gets his own rebound, and the second effort is good. That shot wraps up the third quarter, and it pulls the Knicks within 11, which again, they were downed by as many as 17 in the period, so that's big. MSG gets loud. You can kind of feel the momentum starting to shift. And the fourth quarter comes, and the Knicks just go ape shit. And we're going to talk about that. Just going to head to break one last time. Be right back. Just big moments from everybody, man. Everybody. Um, and the Knicks end up taking a 39-24 to lead in that fourth... I'm sorry. Uh, they outscore Washington 39-24 to in that fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, big shots, big plays, sequences from everybody on that floor. Um, you had R.J. Barrett on the drive from three. You had Taj Gibson on the glass, scoring, screening. You had Alec Burks with countless amounts of big-time jumpers and finishes once again. Becoming a huge player down the stretch for New York. Julius Randle checking in late with those two daggers. Especially that one shot at the end there. Just huge shots. And so at the top half of the fourth quarter, you get a number of shots. Uh, I wrote them all down here because I, I really, there are so many storylines and so many big plays in this one. I, I tried to get as much as I could. So you have that the play at the top of the fourth year where Emmanuel quickly cuts it to single digits with a floater. Not long after, you go RJ to Taj, makes it a seven-point game. IQ to Burks, that makes it a six-point game. Great pass. The IQ is doing some really good playmaking down the stretch, which was good. 
good to see there from a guy who's kind of tapered off off as a passer as the season has went on. But it was good to see him pick up good to see him pick up some dimes there. Uh Burks, then you get Burks off the dribble with a corner three. This puts the game at three. A three point game. The Knicks just need three to tie it. Then not long after that, you got RJ going to Taj on the roll. Taj converts the N1, makes it a one-point game. Burks then takes a mid-range jumper, gets fouled on it, converts there, hits the free throw. And this, again, puts the Knicks within one at the time. And then you get about I don't know, under six minutes remaining, maybe five minutes remaining. The Wizards kind of kind of get back in it a little bit, and they get a few shots of their own to fall. Hachimura hits a jumper to go up six for the Wizards. Um, but then here we go. You got IQ going to RJ for three in the corner. He knocks it down finally, his second of the night. And then the biggest play of the night, I think, in that fourth quarter was Taj Gibson on Beal on the perimeter. He forces the turnover. Ball lands in RJ's hands. RJ goes coast to coast, converts on Beal for the and one bully ball. This ties the game at 91. Just a big play. Just completely bitching Bradley Beal there. Um, and the next possession, you have IQ following that up with the Trey Ball himself. Uh, and this gives the Knicks the first lead. 94 to 91. Randall then checks in with about four minutes or so. Hits those two big time shots. Gets the baseline fadeaway to fall. That brings the Knicks up five. Then hits that baseline jumper later with about 30 seconds left to put the Knicks up six. And from there, the Knicks hit their foul shots, and that's the game. Just so many big moments, man. So many huge shots, big-time performances. Just, I was so proud of them, man. I was jumping up and down here in the studio as I was watching the game on the TV there. Just fucking going nuts. I was screaming, the windows are open. So I think I like to get some fresh air on both sides here. And I'm sure my neighbors are listening to this. Who the fuck is screaming like a little bitch down there? I swear I was just going nuts. I'm sure my family upstairs was probably like, what the fuck is going on down there? It was tremendous, man. It had me like a giddy, like a little kid on Christmas. I mean, it was fucking nuts to be down by as many as they were as late as this game as late as it was to be down by as many as 17, it was just amazing for this team to make that remarkable comeback. And again, once again, showing their resiliency and how gutsy they are under Tom Thibodeau. Um, they don't do this under any other, any other coach they've had in recent years, man. They don't do this, um, but here they are. And I want to start with Burks because this guy is somebody who I've been, let's be, I've been critiquing the shit out of Alec Burks. Let's be real. You know, I've been giving him a lot. Um, he was inconsistent for a whole while. But lately, man, he has been so spectacular. I think it's five games in a row now with 20 plus points. Um, he's been good. It, again, even him and I know Bullock didn't play tonight, but those two, you know, as much as I've critiqued them this year, they have came around when needed most. You know, Bullock didn't play tonight. Neither did Nerlens, um, who's also been great. But Bullock hasn't... He didn't play tonight, but he's had like five games in a row, 40% or better from three. Burks, five games in a row, 20 points. These guys have been so huge for the Knicks. And 
it's funny because you know it's it's like as Burke starts to look more and more like the guy we thought we had earlier in the year pre-injury it's coming at the perfect time because it's right around the time where we were hearing those Evan Fournier rumors and and like I said I wanted a wing a shooting wing and a lot of Knicks fans were hoping that we get more shooting but he's coming along at the perfect time for that and hopefully hopefully this is sustainable and Burks can continue to be that guy who can you know I'm not going to expect him to put up 27 a night but can he score you 15 to 20 consistently and shoot 40% from three like he's been doing lately and and just get those key baskets down the stretch he could play some point he can play off the ball too and he's played some three this year for the Knicks as well he's been great um and you start to think this guy's what is he 28 29 maybe he's a seasoned vet but he's still fairly young he can shoot the ball do you resign the kid do you resign him you know, if he keeps this up, I think the Knicks have to. I think they have to. He's, you need shooting. And if he's going to do this for you, you definitely have to resign him. You, you definitely got to think about bringing him back if you're the Knicks. Um, but, you know, for now, I think he definitely deserves um, an uptick in minutes. You know, Frank Nilakina, not cutting it. Alfred Payton, obviously not cutting it. There are windows here for Burks to get some run. Some more run and just tremendous tonight. Um, actually, Frank Frank started today at the two because Bullock was out. It was Alfred Payton and Frank Nilakina at the one two. Just pitiful. Just no offense exactly as you would expect. Uh, maybe the reasoning was you know Tom Thibodeau wanted somebody to shut down Beal, um, but. Yeah, I hope you don't see that again. Um, I would honestly even think about starting Alec Burks. Um, but either him or Bullock is fine with me at this point. You know, earlier in the year, I did not even want any of them in this rotation. Shows Goes to show how much I know. But yeah, man, he's been fa fucking fa uh, fantastic. And again, speaking of productive veterans, Taj Gibson, was he was more than just... Veteran presence, Taj, tonight. He was actually effective on the court, you know, for a change. He, he produced 10 points, 8 rebounds. Uh, he had an assist, a steal, and 2 blocks. <coughs> Excuse me. And he actually led the Knicks with a plus 18 in the box score. And that was not a deceiving plus-minus stat either. He really, really earned it tonight down the stretch again. Um, that one screen he set for Emmanuel quickly to hit that 3. The Knicks never looked back from there. Just doing the intangibles, but also just working on the glass, getting those key blocks. That rim protection he actually provided tonight was big. And those couple of dunks he threw down off of RJ's assists were big time too. Um, Mitch was kind of ineffective tonight, so uh, Tom Thibodeau went with Tosh down the stretch there to close out. And speaking of that closing lineup, it was let's see, it was uh, it was IQ. At the one, he ran some point guard, and again, he did a really good job playmaking. Um, it was RJ, uh, no, it was IQ at the one, Burks at the two, RJ at the three, which is where you like to see him play on the wing. Um, and then you had Julius and Taj at the four five to round it off. Something to think about, something to definitely think about. And of course, you can also put a Mitch there at the five two because most nice he's going to be on. Something to think about as a closing lineup. That's you know, if they continue to play like this, if Burks 
continues to show that he is the guy we thought we got. It's a good lineup to close because you got some shooting, got a lot of scoring there, but you got some defense. You know, you can you can consider RJ was great defensively tonight, but this season RJ and Julius are no longer liabilities defensively. You got Tosh who and Mitch who can play defense. Of course, Mitch can. And then a good backcourt to shoot with IQ. It's a good closing lineup. It's something to think about. And I just love how, again, IQ continues to be that microwave presence. You know, he had 26 minutes thrown his way tonight and he produced. He had 16 points, six boards, and three assists. Uh, and, and I mean, come on already. Do we even need to bring this up? Do I even need to say it? Because I feel like I've said it in every single episode that we've had so far this year with the Knicks, but do we really need to bring it up again? When Rose gets back, there is no way, no way Alfred Payton should not even just not be starting, but he should not be even in the rotation. I don't want to see this guy in the rotation anymore. I have seen enough. We know what we have in him. It's IQ is so perfect for this role that he's in right now, and he's just thriving as this bucket getter off the bench. And so I hope when Rose gets back, he can be that starting lead guard. IQ can play that combo off the bench in lineups with Rose and in lineups without him. And we don't have to sit through off of Peyton anymore. Man, that would be fucking awesome. Um, He was a plus 14 IQ and Peyton was a minus 15. So, and we often see this. We often see games like this where you take Peyton off the floor, you plug him in for IQ, you plug IQ in his spot. And the Knicks are fucking drastically better. They play a little faster. They make some shots on the perimeter. The ball moves more fluidly. The younger guys get going. All because you have that that tunnel vision guard on the fucking bench. It's just such a difference. And you have somebody like IQ who gets the team going with that energy that he brings. Um, Peyton was again lackluster tonight. He had 8 points on 3 of 8 shooting and... To play 21 minutes as a starting point guard and to get zero assists, man, even Obi and Taj had an assist. Give me a fucking break. The guy's fucking terrible. For a pass-first point guard, he does not pass first. He's all about him fucking self, and I'm sick of it. And if you're not going to be a good offensive weapon, you better pass the ball, but he's not doing either well. And his defense is even a little bit over-fucking-rated to me. I'm just tired of him. And, and I don't want to hear about hope. I don't want to hear that we hope this guy can at least find his good games and if he, you know there's these it's like if Alfred Payton can have those 20 point performances a little more often then we can sustain it we can deal with him as he's not going to you won't you won't get that this is who he is this is who Alfred Payton is his entire career this is who he's been go back look at the stats watch his highlight reels this is who he is a broken clock is going to be right twice a day Okay, so anybody, anybody can have decent stretches of play here and there. It's about who can sustain it. His entire career has been him being mediocre with those occasional hot stretches. That's normal for a bum. You're going to have nights where you find it. It's just how it happens. Everybody, everybody's going to find it once in a while. So when he had the next time Alfred Payton has a two or three game stretch where he scores 20 points on 20 shots, which is considered amazing for him. The next time he does something like that, don't think of it as an indicator of something going forward. Think of it as him just having another stretch that he's bound to have because he's so, you know, because everybody does once in a while. That's, 
that's one thing I can't understand. Whenever he has a good performance, people just buy in. It's like, what are you looking at? What do you think you have here? You know what you're getting. I'm just so fucking tired. And I'm so happy, though, that Tom Thibodeau benched his ass down the stretch there. You know, especially when IQ missed that runner late in the fourth. You know, when, when Taj was kind of under the rim and IQ threw that runner off the top of the, uh, off the front of the rim. I was a bit nervous. I thought he was going to make the switch there. But, no, he kept Emmanuel quickly in and he kept that closing lineup in. And, <laughs> got to give credit. It was a big coaching move there by Tom Thibodeau. Loved it. Uh, Julius, man. He's a dog. This guy's a fucking dog. We wanted to talk about how Marcus Morris had the dog mentality. No. Julius Randle is the dog. He is a dog. Um, he had an off night tonight. Just 13-9-4 on 5-16 for 16 shooting. Playing a little hurt there down the stretch. but And of course, again, we got to see what's up there. Hopefully he's okay. Um, we need him for the Milwaukee game. Um, but regardless of all that, went out the window because... In the final three and a half minutes or so, he hit those two big-time jumpers, and that helped put the game away. Um, what else can you say about Julius, man? He, he's just been fucking fantastic, um, but hopefully he's okay. R.J. Barrett, 24 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. This guy, you can see the growth each and every day. This man is maturing. Um, he found it in that second half, as per usual. You know, just displaying so much composure this season. You know, when you see him driving this year, you're so much more comfortable that he's going to finish. You know, last year he would aimlessly drive and then just chuck up some prayer, some wild, reckless shot at the rim. But this year, he's so much more patient. He's using those screens and he knows when to attack. It's you could see how elusive or crafty, methodical is the word Breen likes to throw around a lot. You could see how methodical he is as a slasher, and he does such a good job with that patience and that craft and his strength, of course, too, at getting to the rim and finishing. Um, a big boy performance tonight from him, man. Just a coming of age type of game is what they were saying on the post game, and I couldn't agree more. Um, he became a man tonight. He, he, it's cliche, but like he really did. He fucking carried that Knicks team down the stretch without Julius for a while. You know, with Julius on the bench and even with without Alfred Payton out there, you had you had RJ as the number one ball handler, right? And we always want to see this. And with that ball in his hands, he was doing his thing. Like I said, he bitched. Bradley Beal around tonight in the clutch. Man, he had some good defensive possessions and he had that one finish again to tie the game for the Knicks at 91 there. Just really, really promising performance and he continues to thrive and now he's got the numbers up even more. He's averaging 18 points a night, almost six and a half rebounds and he's got three dimes per game. He's been getting a lot of dimes lately though too. That's playing so well. I love seeing him with the ball in his hands and lately he's had a lot Excuse me, of those playmaking opportunities. Um, yeah, man, I don't know if I have anything else to add. It's kind of a short episode tonight because I'm just kind of rambling and talking off the top of my fucking head. But wow, was that an amazing performance or what tonight? You know, I don't know what else I have to add. So let's head to break and 
we'll see if we have anything else to put in here. Um, if not, we'll just go right to the question of the day. One last break. Be right back. Hey, fellas. So really quick, before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media, even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, no, I'm just trying to think. I don't I don't know if we... We pretty much covered it all. So, real quick, looking at the schedule here. Um, I don't know if it was a couple episodes ago on the podcast or maybe in one of my recent articles where I said this. Um, but the Knicks are... So, they've got a seven-game stretch here. Um, including these two Wizards games. Okay, so I, I said of their next seven games at the time heading into these two Wizards games I would have liked them to go 5 and 2 during this stretch. It's the Wizards two times. Um they've got the Bucks, the Heat, the Wolves, Pistons and the Mavs. So of that stretch I, I think I would like for them to go 5 and 2. I said at worst I want them to be 4 and 3, but my goal here is to see if they can do enough to go 5 and 2. Um, the game against the Bucks and the game against the Heat are the only two games I will, you know, understand, I guess, if they lose. But I really thought they should have beat these Wizards, and they did. They swept the Wizards, so that's that's good. We're off to a 2-0 start here, but we have to go to Milwaukee on Saturday. That won't be easy. So let's let's just play a game here and say they lose that. Let's say they lose to Miami. They've got Oladipo. They're finding a rhythm. And... Then they've got Minnesota, Dallas, and Detroit. Hopefully they can take all three. Um, hopefully they can. Um, but if they take two of those three games, you know, you'll live with it. But yeah, I'm hoping for a 5-2 and two stretch here. Um, but take it a day at a time. And if we're taking it a day at a time, we've got the Milwaukee Bucks coming up next. I think it's the third time these two teams are going to meet. First time was earlier in the year where the Knicks blew them out of the water by 30 points. The second time was not too long ago. One of the first few games back from break where the Bucks blew us out of the water. <laughs> fucking shit. And I don't fucking expect this one to be easy either. Uh, I don't think... Listen, man, the fucking Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks are... They found their rhythm, right? They were very fucking sluggish to start the year, but they have found their rhythm and... Malcolm Brogdon is still there. He was talked about in, in trade rumors, but he's still there for now. Um, and then you've got Giannis, and you've got Brooke Lopez. You've got a good, solid squad there, and they're not going to fuck around. So that might... It's a good thing we took these two games, right? Because like I said at the top of the show, have the Knicks lost one of these games? Did they lose... Had they, had they have lost tonight, you would have been entering this Milwaukee game you know, on the brink of going two games below 500. But now, with these two victories here over Washington, the Knicks are entering this Milwaukee game 
worst case scenario, they're back at 500 following Saturday. Uh, yeah, after Saturday. So it's not the fucking worst, man. It's it's it could be, it could be a lot worse. So I, I hope they can win it, though. You know, but uh, I just wish they did. I wish they I wish they had that wing. I really wish they made a move there, but um, we're playing with house money. Like I said, this is the. This is what their plan is. They're they're just gonna go with what they have, and you hope that Alec Burks and Reggie Bullock can continue to be um, to perform at the level they've performed at recently. Are they overachieving? You know, do they eventually regress to a certain extent? I hope not, because this is how they have to perform for the Knicks to survive this Armageddon of a schedule that we have coming up. Um. And yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have to add. I don't have too much. Hopefully Derrick Rose gets back soon. Again, we, we just need Derrick Rose in this lineup, in the starting lineup, and you have Emmanuel quickly come off the bench as that combo guard. You know, you can mix him in with Rose, and you can mix him in lineups without Rose where he plays at the one. Um, but we cannot have Alfred Payton getting 25 minutes a night anymore. Um, it's just not going to cut it. He's just not a good point guard to start. You don't start point guard with Alfred Payton. No team. I don't think there's a single NBA team right now who would want Alfred Payton to start a point guard for them. Uh, he's not a starting point guard in this league anymore. He never really was to me. Never. He's just not it. You have a point guard who is supposed to be pass first because he's got no offense, but is a tunnel vision point guard with no offense. And that's the worst thing in the world. And, and again, I think his defense is not as good as people make it out to be. Um, so with what we have, I'm hoping we can fucking get something going here and, and find a way to make the playoffs, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I think best case scenario, we find ourselves in one of those nine, 10 playing games, but we'll see, you know, I'm not trying to be negative on, on a very positive night. <laughs> um, so let's get to the question of the day. May as well get to it right now. Don't want to waste too much time and. So we'll 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 get right into it. We'll go right to the QOD for tonight and um we'll wrap it up from there. Alright, so last time out I asked you guys which current Nick played for the Colorado Buffaloes. The answer to that question was Alec Burks. Speaking of the devil, Alec Burks, who's been balling of late, five consecutive twenty point games is the most recent Nick to play for the Colorado Buffaloes. Buffaloes just upset Georgetown last weekend. Right? Was it them? I think so. Um, tonight's, or this episode's, NYY, NYK question of the day brought to you by Anchor. Who is the first Knicks player, who was, rather, who was the first Nick? to win the 6th Man of the Year award. We might have already asked that question on the show before, now that I think about it. Instead of, yeah, now that I've said it out loud. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, whatever. Nobody listens to these anyways, so it's not like it's new to you. Um, who was the first Nick to win 6th Man of the Year? Alright, so message me the answer, whether that be on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. 
or you can comment the answer once I publish the promo to this podcast that you are listening to right now, episode 224 of BD4. Welcome to the podcast. If you're new, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on, you know, all the feeds where you get your podcasts. You can go to Apple Podcasts on iTunes. You can go to Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, which is our sponsor, SoundCloud. You can watch us on YouTube, and there are plenty more platforms to listen to the show as well. Just go to my link tree to get all that information. Go to linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. That'll take you to my link tree. Um, 224. We are 224 episodes into the podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. And I think that's all we've got for tonight, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. That is all we have. And um, go Knicks, man. Hopefully we can find something in Milwaukee and pull this one out. But it ain't going to be easy. That's for sure. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time. Ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.